0: I am Damla Aktekin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. Hello everyone, this is Damla Aktekin with A Drop of Om and i'm so so excited to have veda austin here with me veda is a water researcher uh, author artist mother of three and i would say veda that you're also a water communicator <laughs> and you have a book called the secret intelligence of water so um Before we dive into all of that, I have so much questions to ask you and so much to talk about. But I want to ask you sort of how this all started. How did you end up being a water communicator, water enthusiast even, uh,
1: and a researcher
0: about this subject?
1: Sure. Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me. Um, My first real connection with water started in a very unusual way. Uh, I was in a very serious car accident about 25 years ago. We went under a seven ton truck, rolled twice, and the driver was decapitated. It was considered one of the worst accidents in New Zealand where someone survived. And over the course of 20 years, I had eight operations for mostly bowel surgery because the seatbelt had kind of crushed all my internal organs and my collarbone and had left scar tissue on my small bowel that grew. And every time I would try to eat, it was like being in labor. So it it became absolutely critical that I have all these different surgeries. So on my last one, they found that I had blood clots in my lungs. Um, And I was very surprised because I live a very holistic life And I've never smoked a cigarette, I've never done drugs, I've never, I haven't eaten meat since I was eight, I've never smoked a cigarette, all these different kinds of things. And for me, the idea that having blood clots in my lungs just seems so crazy. And I wanted to do everything naturally I could to heal my body. And... The doctors wanted me to be on warfarin, which is a blood thinner which doubles as a rat poison, and I was in a lot of resistance to that. But I was fed the fear for a few months and I took warfarin for several months. And then they scanned me, they said, No, it's all gone, but you know, we'd like you to continue on. But I didn't want to continue on with that. I really believe that your body can heal itself. This is purely my belief. I mean, of course, we're all entitled to make our own decisions. And I wanted to investigate really what was going on with my body and if there was something natural I could do. And I have a, a doctor friend of mine, he's a medical doctor, but practice Ayurvedic medicine. And he said, look, totally off the record, have you thought about trying an all natural high pH water? And he said, it might be, able to help stabilize the pH of my blood. pH stands for the power or potential of hydrogen, and it it goes from a zero to a 12 on on a scale, and seven is neutral, and seven is distilled water. So I was wanting to try water which was a 7.1 upward. So I started being a kind of guinea pig of my own health, and I started trialing different waters with a higher alkalinity. So I was trying water from around about a seven point six to an eight point two in New Zealand. The water is generally our rainwater is about a seven point four. Uh, so it's not hard to find a slightly alkaline water, but nothing much happened. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. You know, when you're just drinking water, it goes in you. So other than what comes out, you don't really know what's going on. And so I I kept doing that, and then. This person, this friend of mine, said, you know, there's this man, he has his own private water source. The pH out of the ground naturally is 9.9, which was the highest I'd ever heard of a natural water coming up from a spring. And he said he's only giving, she said, he's only giving it to cancer patients, so you might want to you might want to try it. And so I was super excited and I went to go and speak to this man, and he gave me a month's worth of water to try. And I was I was really excited because it firstly it tasted slightly different. It had a different texture to it. And and I, I knew the that it had a higher pH, but I, you know, it just felt different on a vibrational level. And so I started to drink it. And on day three, I noticed something that a lot of people don't really like talking about, but it's really important, which is about bowel motions. And there are many, many people out there that are severely dehydrated and they're sitting on the toilet trying for an hour to push a pebble out and that's not normal. So a a lot of those problems can be fixed by just drinking more water. And so I noticed this change. And after all that bowel surgery, that meant a lot to me. And then on day 10 and day 12, between 10 and 12, I had all these bumps coming up along my arm and along my jaw that was super painful. And I was like, what is this? This was 20 20 years after my car accident. I ended up getting some tweezers and like poking into my arm and, and the tweezers hit something hard and I ended up pulling out a shard of green glass. And between day 10 and day 12, 27 pieces of glass were purged out of my body that had been in there for over 20 years from the car accident. And I know they were from the car accident because the man who was driving the car, he owned a nightclub and the back of his car were lots of crates of Steinlager beer, which is a, 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 a lager which is in a green glass bottle. So when the car rolled, I went like this and a lot of the green glass went through my arm and my jaw. But it doesn't just start purging glass out of me. When I was a teenager, I had had a big thorn go between my knuckles and we thought we'd got most of it out, but this <laughs> petrified piece of wood started to make its way out through my knuckles. I'm like, what's going on, lucky there's nothing else in there. <laughs> and that's where I started to realize that this water, this particular water had something extremely special about it. I owned a wellness center at the times because I have some gifts of healing and I have a slightly higher electrical charge than many people do. So I'm one of those kinds of people that accidentally gives people electric shots a lot. And I started, I, I was able to start to learn how to use that. So when I was a little girl, Uh, I had a lot of issues around being emerged in seawater. So, the first time I ever got bowled over by a wave, I came screaming out and said, Mommy, Mommy, I've been stung by jellyfish. Because it felt like my body was like being actually electrocuted. It wasn't like the stingy feeling of salt, it was like pain. And then that kept happening and my mum took me to the doctor and he, he said, well, you can't be allergic because you can paddle in water and you can do all of these different things. Um, but he was his only real suggestion is that perhaps the electrical charge in me is reacting with the salt in the seawater and is creating some kind of electrical field, which is making me feel really um, hurt. <laughs> it's like being electrocuted. And so i i sort of started to avoid the sea because it was painful even though i wanted to go in there so much so after some time i began to be able to recognize that i was able to use this uh, electrical charge that i can now kind of use that can come out of my hands Uh, and i i started doing something i called electrical acupuncture which sounds awful but actually most people would fall asleep and I was able to touch people in certain places, and they'd feel a little electric shock, but it was able to move energy through them. And so, as I started to become more aware of how water moves and how water flows and the importance of flow, not, it's so important within the body and so important for the health of water that I was able to start almost seeing the body for, of, my, of my client um, as a water system, and starting to see where needed to be, rem- block, the blocks were able to be kind of moved away. And I stopped doing that because the gift that I have is a little bit untamed. So I started it, it started to build what I was doing. And this one lady came to me, and she lay down on a table and. You know the sound you hear when you have an, electri- um, an electric fence, it makes a sound. Both of us heard this kind of electrical sound happening and I could feel it coming up through my body and And under under her, my hands were under her neck and she just got this big shock and her hair all stood on end. And I think probably mine did. <laughs> and she just got off the table and looked at me like I was the devil and ran away. And I'm like, oh, I think it's time to not do this now. And so I kind of just stopped and I went really sciencey. But I had been working with, um, with sacred geometries. So when I would do these sessions with people, uh, I would do them in um, an open four-sided pyramid, large, so that like eight people could be inside of them. And I started using the water that had helped heal me. And I was able to observe some really interesting things that happened within these pyramid structures. So I would say to people, it's not like you're going to fly off into the fifth dimension. This is actually a tool. These these different pyramids were used for different things. And I have found that, that the effects that pyramids actually have on water is, and on people for healing is through oxi, uh, oxygenation. So I did um, a dissolved oxygen test on water. I got water that was from my tank where I lived back then in Matakana. And I got two glasses of water. One, um, the, they, they're both the same, from the same, from the same tap. I put one on the bench in the house and one in the um, in the pyramid, which was in a separate house in my um, in my little studio. And I observed that the regular water, its dissolved oxygen levels were four out of twelve parts per million. When you put that same water into a pyramid, what I noticed was that the dissolved oxygen levels within an hour went. 11 out of 12 parts per million, and to such a degree that you could see all the bubbles starting to form on the water. It's extreme. And so I started to notice some really interesting things happening uh, with using these these different techniques. I love that. So Uh, I wanna... And then... I wanna just ask
0: before we move further, Um, so your book, The Secret Intelligence of Water, to me, and it features some of the pictures you have taken through your journey of beginning to explore water. Um, And it seems to me like um, the book itself, rather than trying to explain something, it feels like an invitation to look at water differently and to like almost engage with water differently. Can you talk a little bit about that? And we have a few pictures to share with people too. Uh, like, how did you begin to take those pictures and what were they about?
1: Well, I started to realize about that with water, you can't just understand water by looking at its analysis. That's telling you what's in water, what water holds. But then you look at water structurally and what how water can actually holds and store information on many different levels and so i started to become very interested in the stage between uh, liquid and ice so my very first ever kind of test i don't like to say experiment because i'm a body of water and i don't like the idea of being experimented on so i uh i was interested in omoto's omoto's work many people have heard of his work Uh, where he showed uh, positive and negative um, words and took um, microscopic photographs of flash-frozen water crystals. And the beautiful crystals would show in a positive image and kind of a mudslide would form in in the word hate, for example. So his work was very much in contrast through geometries. And then there was a man I know called Laurent Costa who showed microscopic photographs, but he was capturing images. So images of like hearts and faces and fish and things like that. And I was like, wow, this is, that's really cool. It's kind of geometries, then images, but all microscopic. And back then, eight years ago, I didn't have a microscope, but I thought, well, I'm just going to see for myself if water can show me something. So I, petri dish and i had some amazing water that had water in it was that i would simply say something think something and freeze it and happen i had no idea that anything would happen so then i noticed some fluff in the water it's like oh god so I put my hand in to take the fluff out consciously thinking i wonder if my hand will have any um impact on the water's memory and when I pulled it out, um, hello. So
0: we we lost you there for a moment, later. Uh, so, so my understanding is that you um you began experimenting with taking a little bit of water in a dish and you would either show it an image mm-hmm. an art, art word or even just a thought form or in some instances i believe you work with sound directly which is some of the one of the things yes. that i do i do sound healing and you also experimented with um, distance healing on the water and yeah. then you took the photograph of the water as it was beginning to crystallize into ice. So it wasn't quite liquid, it wasn't quite ice, the in-between state. Uh, I believe you called it the fourth stage or fourth state of water, phase of water. Um, Would it be okay if I show a few images to our uh, listeners? Okay. So there we go. And these are all from your book. And this one, actually, I uh, literally cried when I saw this. <laughs> do,
1: do you want to tell us about this one? Yeah, my, my mom was a walking angel and she died in 1999. And uh, I used to live in Japan and we would write to each other back, that was a while before emails, and at the end of every letter, my mother would uh, write a circle, would draw a circle with a heart in the middle. And so I said to water out loud, I just said, "Can you connect to my mum?" And this was the image that I got on the left. And then a year later, I didn't. I asked the same question, and I got a very similar response. So it is as if water is the medium in a way, the go-between where it's able to reveal um very special very important messages from from places that we can't see and it shows that that the connection of love i think is transported through water and because just because we can't see something doesn't mean it's there not there and water is also in the air and water is in the in between water is probably the veil just as much as it's before the veil and after the veil. Yeah. So uh, for me, this was something very special and very personal that, um, that I showed for this one. Um, this is just really, really obvious. I used those two ginkgo leaves, um, as, um, so I just placed the two ginkgo leaves under the Petri dish. So I put the Petri dish on top of them for 30 seconds. And then I, used my technique froze it pulled it out and this um, image on the left is the result which is that it's it's almost like you're
0: having this conversation with water it's almost like you're you're challenging her a little bit like what else is possible and then water is like here you go here's this this." well
1: you know i think that water now has has kind of got to a point where it really wants to communicate so i feel like i'm the medium and water is the artist um this was this was cool this because it's such so unique and so kind of obvious and different and you can see how water has really put some effort (laughs) into like the design of this ring but i had a wedding invitation and so i just put the petri dish of water on top of the wedding invitation for 30 seconds and this was the result in the ice that uh, i took and you know it's interesting because on the wedding invitation there wasn't actually a picture of a ring it was just saying that you're invited to blah 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 but water had chosen the symbol to design to actually give us something really unique and specific uh, that we associate with weddings so it really is showing a sign of intelligence and this really is showing a sign of intelligence I and artistic i love this one so it's responding to the um to the van gogh's
0: famous sunflower painting and yeah. it, it's pretty obvious what water is saying here <laughs> right
1: this is and and also here with the manuka flower so the flower there it is just something that i um a little branch that I took from across the um, at my on my neighbor's my neighbor's tree, and so I mean even that too is very special and very unique to the uh, the image the the flower and that it was shown. I want,
0: I want to point out this the six pointed stars, like uh, the starship mm. that we're used to think about when we think of snowflakes, when we think about like water crystals um it's very beautiful and it seems to be a constant theme in in your pictures as well
1: it is it is but it's also water's state of health so i always see hexagons uh with spring water and compared to water like from a tap for example which doesn't do that um there this was music so i've done a lot of different co-creations i call them because water responds with me so um and this is from a, a a song called Space that my, that my eldest son really loves by a band in New Zealand called Homebrew, and I love how it has designed these kind of nebulas and different space-like pictures, and in the middle one, it's almost as if you can see like a little satellite up in the the top, it's, uh, it's very cool, but they look, yeah very much like space and, and, I, and I oh yeah love this one
0: because that's my business name yeah. a drop of ohm and this was that you use a tuning fork i believe with this one
1: yeah i use tuning forks in the mid-tone of ohm for these and i've done a couple more since then too and it's a yeah there we go so there is some obvious um similarities in these images uh which which is a big part of my more scientific aspect of the work and that my mentor and very dear friend, his name is Dr. Gerald Pollack, and he is one of the leading water scientists in the world. And his suggestion to me was to really let people know too that with my repeat studies, I'm not taking hundreds of photos because the ice melts much too quick for that. I'm just taking one, maybe two photos per Petri dish when they come out. So these are exactly what you see as soon as they come out. These are not the best of the best these are simply what you see so that's actually a very special part of my work is that water is actually almost like deciding how to show up, how to design something so i'm collecting almost now something i call um like hieroglyphs it's where i because i have all these repeat repeated patterns i'm able to now see uh what each each pattern means for each word so i have 25 words that i can now recognize through images like hieroglyphs yes. and i'm able to read water and see what it's saying it's like through the water, these words
0: speaking language speaking the
1: symbol yeah but nature always hides her secrets well so it's why it's hidden within this crystallographic medium it's not something many people would sort of see see or think to look in this is also lovely and I like what I've written um, about it because to me anyway the images kind of look like a vase or a bowl that came from the chant and the, the begging bowl is has a significance um, with the buddha and in one legend um, the buddha was meditating and a woman offered him a golden bowl filled with rice thinking he was the divinity of the tree and he divided the rice into 49 portions one for each day until he would be enlightened and he threw the precious bowl into the river and the images it's like as if the water has remembered the bowl um, in in each single picture, and so the significance of the chant and the Buddha and the story have kind of come together in this lovely in these lovely images. And it's it's always sort of open for interpretation. I was going to say to me, it
0: looks a lot like the heart, like the Om Mani Padme Om. The connection between the heart and the mind, the the jewel and the lotus is that you place the wisdom of the heart in the wisdom of the mind, and it opens up. So, like. I'm seeing a beautiful, like
1: a little pet heart in there. (laughs) But I love your interpretation as well. See, that's the beautiful thing because it's. it's, I I like to weave, I call it weaving with water, weaving with science, weaving with art, weaving with consciousness and weaving them together. So what, what we're seeing is repeated patterns. What the patterns mean to you is up to you and up to interpretation. And then the conscious part really is that water is, appears to not only be reflecting consciousness, but possibly, I mean, from what I'm seeing, I have over 10,000 of these photos, so then there's no coincidence anymore. To me, it's as if water really has a consciousness of its own. It's like that each image is slightly different. It's as if there are slightly different artists designing the same image. But that's part of the beauty. Yeah. So this is one of those things I was just talking about. It was the, one of the words. So one of the words I now have and know is that I, when I project the emotion of love, it always shows up in hearts. But what's interesting is when I project the emotion of stress, it always shows spikes. But when I wrote the word heartache, yeah, there you go. There's the spikes. That's what stress looks like but actually I wrote the word uh, heartache and water took the spikes, but it put a heart on the end of the spike, which was really interesting, quite a complex way of, of showing a, a complex feeling. So uh, this is very interesting. And this was, is very consistent. I've had done many more of these and they've, they've shown, I have at least eight images. So that um, I've done like now repeatedly like, for stress.
0: Yeah, stress picture looks to me like almost like knives or swords of some sort. Um, yeah, very spiky.
1: Yeah, very, very spiky. And that's kind of how it feels a little bit, I think, too. So, yeah. kindness and gratitude, was the hexagon shape that I was saying. So water in its most pristine state, so professionally for a couple of years, my actual my job as a water researcher was to basically show in a crystallographic medium um, the, the difference between water in its healthy state and water in its degraded state. Water in its healthiest state shows these beautiful tight hexagon shapes and they're very consistent. So if I just go to a spring and, and immediately do my test with to see what the what the patterns will be, you'll always see these gorgeous sort of feathery hexagon shapes. That's water in its pure state of health. So when you are projecting the feeling, the thought of kindness and gratitude, the 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 water responds through it through almost like a self healing. So. It's as I've done this also um, as a as as a, to a way to see if I can help water heal. So I've taken tap water, like you can see in the left-hand side there. It's just that some of the tap water never really shows complex imagery, whereas you can see after the prayer, you can that's that starting to form more of a natural, healthy shape. That's starting to go into that hexagon shape, but it looks a little more like a leaf. So water is self-healing through intention and it's very important this work because it also reflects as a reflection of us as water beings and that we can self-heal through uh through our own self-healing way of self-love i and i love that and and the a
0: specific mantra used here was the ho'oponopono right i'm sorry i love you Please forgive me. Thank you, which is one of, one of the ones that I love. I just have a few more uh, pictures from your book, which along the same lines. So, this was um, yeah. distance loving energy, which is basically, I feel like it's mainly what I do in my healing work, if, whether I'm working with a group or whether yeah. I'm working with an individual. So, this is pretty significant to me the change that you can see just by sending loving thoughts to someone.
1: Yeah, it's it's hugely significant, and I mean, considering this was stagnant water on the left, so it actually re enlivened it. It changed it completely its structure. So my, my friend Alan, you know, he was all the way in California. I was in New, the test water was in New Zealand. He just he just sent his intention through, and he's a powerful healer, no doubt about that. Uh, and you can see that through through his through the structural change. And this is cool because I like how the water is so degraded. This is particularly bad tap water on the left. But you can see on the right that the water has transformed almost into like what looks like a magic wand, but you still see that hexagon shape is formed. As mm. so long as you start seeing those hexagons then or the beginning of them, those stars, you're seeing water healing. And this is beautiful because I took the tap water on the left and then I, I so I photographed so you could see what it looked like. And then I took that same tap water and I left it out and I invited lots of people from around the world to send their love and thoughts and prayers to the sad tap water. <laughs> and you can see the structural change is absolutely dramatic. So it proves because I've done this so many times, they're not coincidental, they're not one-offs. It's not a you know, it's just not random. That it is true that distance healing is very real. You can see it in these water images. You can really, I mean, when you start to understand how water forms and its specific patterns of health, you can really see a huge transformative difference when it comes to. Not only distance healing, but you know, healing hands-on. So I always say to people, if you've got your water bottle, and you know, you hold it to your heart, you know, the the, the electrical charge coming from your heart and your intention is going to actually impact the water. Yeah. it's not going to take any dusties that might be in the water out. Which is why I'm not just looking at an analysis. What I'm looking at is the energetic. Yeah. So, I'll
0: wait for you to come back online. <laughs> Sorry. You're back. You're back. It's funny, before we before started, I was tonight. actually requesting the internet gods and goddesses to help us <laughs> <laughs> this recording. <laughs> I think we're doing good so far. One thing I wanted to ask you Eda, which you so, you're so beautifully illustrated in your work and you were talking about just even taking your glass of water, uh, you can put your hand uh, on it, you can put it close to your heart or just sending your thoughts to it. And my question was um, and the reason I asked uh, about it is this so because we are also made up of water. Uh, as well as what we drink. And one of the things I tell the people that I work with, and that I know that's true in my life is daily practice. So the question or the daily self healing, as well as getting healing help when you feel that you need. My question is, when you send these loving thoughts, um, is there an expiration date? Is there um, like, is there an entropy that you know that something from the environment comes and takes it away like do we how often do you need to keep doing this what's your take on the time element of sending loving
1: thoughts and energy well i think of it as a mother because i'm a mom so when i tell my child that i love them i mean that always it depends on your relationship with water i I think the most important place to start is to build a relationship with water. When I I donate one day a month uh, to teach in primary schools, and one of the questions I say to the children, I say, "If your skin was invisible and your organs were see-through, what would you look like?" And only in these moments do the children start to say things like, "One very clever boy," he said, "I think I would look like a brain-shaped." Cloud with water coming down in the shape of my body. I thought, wow. And then one child said, You know, I'd look like rivers running all through me. Until you recognize that you are a water being, and by molecular count, you're 99% water, and that there are more water molecules in your body than there are stars in the Milky Way, and that water came from outer space. And what's one of the reasons we, knew, we know virtually nothing about it? until you recognize that there is a force beyond anyone's imagination living within you that is giving you life, it is very difficult to truly embrace what you are about to drink or what you really are. So the relationship with water must begin with love. And love doesn't have any kind of end, not if it's real. And that's showed in the picture of my mom you know, I say I love you to my mum, I know that she's hearing it now just as clearly as ever, and that never changes. So it all depends on your own relationship with water. And I think that's about developing that, about developing it. Because if you say, I love you, you should mean that that's not gonna stop. So, so it's important to have a daily, practice I think of relationship because I don't think of water as a resource I think of it as a relative water is the is the life-giving bloodline you know without it there is no life someone once said to me what if water is expressing its consciousness through us and it's a very interesting thing to ponder but if we just start to form a relationship that's where i think the most important place to start is is take the the water and remember that there, you know it's a body of water just like you're a body of water someone said to me what's your favorite body of water thinking that i would say you know someplace and what's my best source and blah 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 i said my three children my favorite bodies of water are my three children and so for If you think that the water that you're holding is going to become one of your children if they drink it, well, the water that you're holding is going to become you. What do you want to become? So how much do you love yourself? So that's the most important part, I think, is that words have meaning and they have power, but thoughts, our true inner thoughts that only we know, that's the relationship part where if it's very true then that should last a lifetime and the water feels that and we feel that we know when somebody means it (laughs) so i think that's the very important part there (laughs) yeah
0: i absolutely love that i love that you're also it's the common element, right, with with it, us and all the living beings and all, all the things that give us life, including plants. We have that commonality, it's like the, the oneness of the universe, we all have this within us. Um, how do you think water um, relates to the quantum field in your, um, in your work, in the sense that when you're interacting with it? just the way you put it lovingly is there um do you feel like the the water is tapping into the past present and future uh, or the oneness of the time um or uh, or even the combined fields of our waterness like what is water tapping into when you're talking to her
1: well i think that water has a memory of everything for both the past and the present and the future. Uh, and I can say that because I've had, I've, I've seen images relative to a 100-year-old um, uh, Maori, so, so there's a, an area in New Zealand that had a lot of Maori settlement that was around a uh, hundred, over a hundred years ago. I took some water from the stream there and it showed this incredible image of what's called a pātaka, which is a Maori food storage hut, which, um, which were up on stilts and that the food and water was held within this little structure. And I went searching for some images of it to compare it to, and I found an, the, an image which was almost identical to the ice image that I had taken which where we where actually the water was a, had a memory of something of a structure from over a hundred years ago and then in the future now now I've, I stopped actually asking so many questions to water and I let water reveal things to me because we have a kind of communication that doesn't require me constantly asking questions and so like I allow water I don't allow it it does what it wants but I just I, I, I really just let it do whatever, and um, show me whatever, because I feel like I, I'm a student in many ways, and so uh, often it will show an image that I can clearly recognize, but I don't really know why I'm seeing it. For example, there was um, an obelisk shape, a very clear obelisk that showed up in water, and then about I don't know, five hours later, a girlfriend of mine came over and she said, oh, you should see this obelisk crystal that I just got. It's so beautiful. I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. I just saw that. And that's happened multiple times. And once I said to water, show me something really important. And it showed me a very unusual shape, which I've never seen before. I still don't actually know. It hasn't, hasn't appeared yet uh, into my realm of understanding. But I know it will, and but these have happened multiple times in that it's able to show something from the future, and I see it manifest. But not only that, because if you consider, there's all kinds of water still in space, and that if you you know that water itself, uh, at least seventy percent of it came from meteorites and asteroids. So we're talking about. Millions and millions and millions and millions of years old information from from outer space, and so water is able to communicate some of so just like I'm only seeing a fraction of what I think and truly believe that it understands and knows, but I I talk about it as if it really is alive, and what I keep seeing though is that. Water Uh, as soon as water enters something then it it becomes alive and when something dies the water itself leaves and the salts remain behind when someone's cremated their ashes are actually salts and it's the water that is evaporated so it's a a very beautiful thing that I see where, where life, water, actually doesn't die it's always in one of its stages of reincarnation And so the idea, the possibility that upon death, that water, that I think that there's different stages of water. There's a liquid solid gas and a type of gel, which is the kind of water inside of our cells. Uh, But also I think because we know so little about water, it it may be possible that the liquid water, the informed conscious part of the, the water within us, might... Uh, somehow change into a vibrational vapor different than the regular vapor we see from when from from when we boil water but perhaps it can actually shift very quickly from a liquid into this vibrational vapor which is a gas and when a gas expands it cools which is why people feel spirit as cold and with that comes still all of the information that we have that we've 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 collected over all this time, which is why I think that one of the greatest gifts we have as human beings is to leave beautiful memories in the in the water bodies of others, because that's what how we are remembered, they rem- you know that's something beautiful that we can leave behind, is beautiful memories and other people and when we leave then we are also taking the memories that other people have given us so it's, it's a, memories are very beautiful if you really think about it we're a body of memories our whole life is a memory and right now is what we have
0: yeah and it seems to me from what you're describing there's a whole lot more in there like in there and a mm-hmm. lot of scientific spiritual uh, tradition not scientific tell us that the answers are within yeah <laughs> within <laughs> I want to ask you, what does, in your experience, um, in your thought, heart, mind process, what does the water want us to know?
1: Well, I think that water in its most pure state is transparent. And ultimately, I think as human beings, it's one of the things we often are not often we are not transparent. We have masks, we have uh, all these different things that we try to hide of ourselves. Water has this purity about it. It's not judging. It doesn't judge. It doesn't know colour. It doesn't have religion. It doesn't have anything dividing. It enters the body of an ant as easily as it enters the body of us. And it, it, Un, it, ha, it is life, so I think one of the most beautiful things that water would want us to to know is to is is the reflection. So water is reflective, and when we look at ourselves with our fourth phase, ninety nine percent water ice, to remember that that water really is the source. It's the source, not just of our hydration, not just of our, uh, our essence for, for being alive, but it is a source of information, it's a source of love, it's a source of um, non judgment. And I think that that's a wonderful way that we could be, we could reflect water if we truly understood water and the way in which it's showing through these images it's showing us we are what we think it's showing us that it can transform and change from good to bad and that it's not judging that it transforms it takes on these patterns so when we start to understand ourselves as water beings i actually think that we're the true power when i think of power i don't think of power over people i think of light it's like turning on the light so it's like it ex- expanding the light within us and the healthier the water is the more light it can absorb so my feeling is that water itself is showing us a beautiful example of divine sacred love not in the way that we tend to think of love which which can be romantic love and these different types of love. I'm talking about a love which is transparent, which has no agenda, which is simply is, and that absolutely is an all-inclusive for all life, not just human beings, but every being, everything, all the trees and the plants, and that every time it rains on you, you know, it's raining down liquid life. And that I think when we start to appreciate the water in everyone and everything, then there is an inclusiveness that starts to happen. And the water in us starts to communicate with the water in the creatures, in the trees, and the leaves, in each other. And it, has, it is the way in which it's the fastest way to create unified love and a unified field through the water within us. And because it expands out. Because I think that the liquid part of us is like a spider. The energetic part of us is like the web that that the the water has created. So we can feel like uh, measure electrical charge coming from the heart, like through heart math and things like that, um, which explains certain energy fields. But I think through the water is actually uh, much more of the subtle levels of energy work so it's as if the liquid water in us is built like this extended web like lots of dewdrops upon it that can actually feel and pick up energy it's just that we can't see it again just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not there and that is a way in which we feel energy and also give energy and through those through these different ways i think water is ultimately teaching us uh, how to not only how to understand ourselves better, but understand ourselves as a, as the most sophisticated water system on the planet. Honestly, I think that when we start recognizing that we really uh, this this skin that we have, which is also so much water, is a, is really preventing us. It's like it's like. Bruce Lee said, he said, be like water, water becomes the cup, it becomes the vase. Well, the human body is like the cup, it's like the vase, but the water has become part of that shape. But just because we see the shape, we think that's what we are, but in fact, everything, we're only a cut away from liquid, an emotion away from liquid, an exercise away from liquid, you know, a toilet break away from liquid, but we think we're so solid. I think that... the that water is the ultimate guide and teacher to teach us that we're not what we think we are and that when we start looking deeper we find that the real true source of light and life is within us i love that (laughs) i love all of that so we've
0: been i feel like we've been talking about um we talked about the effect of our our thoughts on the water we talked about beginning to establish a relationship or cultivate a a respecting relationship with water in general and the water that we are, which is one and the same, and expanding that over to other animals and beings all around us. Um, I want to ask you on on a physical level, what are some of the ways that we can ensure that the water that we're intaking other than, you know, is definitely putting the positive thoughts and the love and the healing in it. Um, how, how do we need to purify our water? What are some of the things we can do to make sure we're getting a little bit more structured water
1: in a physical way? Um, there's lots of cute, really nice modalities that don't have to be expensive. Uh, even just um, stirring your water, creating a vortex. Water loves to go in a vortex shape. I mean, all of um, there's just so much talk about how water loves to move in certain ways. Victor Schauberger talked about flow forms, and that even if you do it in, in the shape of an eight, it creates these beautiful, kind of um, re enlivening shapes and forms for the water to spiral it loves to spiral Um, and another thing you can do is to also put your water in a blender because that also creates that vortex shape but I personally love to um, filter my water with silk because when you filter you just get a little bit of silk and you just um, you put it over your cup with a rubber band and you just pour your water through it that actually gives water a whole new structural element. I've done I've done quite a lot of studies and um, Rudolf Steiner, Steiner actually recommended that and I started doing it and it structurally changes water dramatically and I think it's incredible. Um, and the other thing is, oh, there's so many different things, you can get all different kind of water structuring systems but uh, I try to give people things they usually will have at home, things that they can do. I love uh, like lemon juice or cucumbers. That sort of yeah, a lemon. Yeah, cucumber and lemon. Both of them uh, are all fourth phase water. So anyone that wants to know more about that, I would say go and watch one of Gerald Pollack's talks, his TED talk about fourth phase water. It's a type of gel. So. Any like things like cucumber and watermelon um, and aloe, things like that. They actually have they kind of have a stretchy, viscous type of uh, texture to them, and that is one of the ways you can see it's fourth phase water. It's not a liquid. It's not a solid. It's something in between. It has a different viscosity, a little bit like egg white. Um, is another example. So when you add those to water, you're adding another type of life to water. And it does make a difference. I've done crystallographic um, changes and seen them from your regular tap water. And then when you add lemon juice to it, it does structurally change it. Start to It starts to help it heal because the information uh, exchange is there. I do also think it comes down to your intention as well. So to be mindful that your intention is not just affecting only water, but it affects the water. Put her inside of, of the of the lemon and inside of the whatever you're adding so I think that's why prayer has been so important um, in many many just not just religions but philosophies and ancient wisdoms and indigenous beliefs because prayer is not just pray, praying over the water they're praying over the food and there's also water in your food so it makes a huge difference I think that that is really where the transformation happens within the water inside any of the life systems that you're using to eat. Because no matter what, if the water is still in it, there's some life force still there. One of my uh, inspirations, his name was Dr. Uh, Thomas Hieronymus. He was a radionic engineer. And back in the earlier 19th century, he went to a French meat market and he discovered... Not that I would go there because I'm vegetarian, but anyway, I'm not Thomas Eronomus and I'm grateful for his work. And he observed that the freshly placed organs of an animal appeared to be affecting the way the frost froze on the glass behind them. For example, the the heart organ appeared to be affecting the way the frost froze in the shape of a heart organ. And then the same with the liver the frost looked like a liver and then so on and so on and so on and his idea was that these organs still had some life force energy emanating from them to impact the way the frost froze and his idea was that it still had life because it still had water it still had the water within the blood of the organ and it still had the ability to impact the way in which the frost froze which suggests to me that you know the the what we put in our body as long as it has water still in it it has the ability to impact us so for many ways in which animals are killed now uh, for consumption i would really highly recommend praying and being grateful for what you're eating and saying a prayer for that animal that gave its life for you um and I'm sure it didn't want to. <laughs> so there was resistance in that. So to be able to actually release and go, thank I'm so grateful, I'm so sorry. Say the, you know, the Hawaiian prayer to, to this food you're having because it will change what's left in the water and that memory to some level. At least the gratitude will make a difference to the way in which it behaves in your body. And it doesn't have to be out loud. It could just be in your. It could just be a moment in your mind,
0: and it can change everything. Um, you yeah. talked a little bit about the seawater. One of the things I recommend often is right after a healing session to uh, take a bath an extra salt bath, or either take a bath or soak feet in the water. Um, what do you think is happening when we add salt to the water? How is it? Changing it or affecting
1: it? It's a great question. No one's asked me that because one of my other passions is salt. One of the big studies I've done is on salt because we're not freshwater beings, we're saltwater beings. And I think it's the salt in our body that actually uh, stores a lot of the memory, the cellular memory, because salt is a crystal. Crystals store information. They're in all our technology. And so I, that's, I think, a very important thing. But uh, a while ago, I used to write uh, a lot of information would just come through me. And one of the things I wrote was about a scientist called Effity many, many thousands of years ago. <laughs> and his, um, his, he observed that when people would go into the ocean, he was able to somehow, um, using a a very ancient technology, measure their uh, kind of auric field, I suppose. And he observed that when they would come out of the ocean, their auric field would be clear. And they'd go in with an unclear field and come out completely clear and it would last about 15 minutes. And so he started making these salt rubs for people and started to measure their auric field after they um, had had the salt rub and observed that their field stayed clear for like nearly an hour. And so there is something extremely magical and powerful about the power of salt because salt is is, is always been used as a preservative, but it's very, very cleansing. And that if you put the, the energy, mindfulness, thoughtfulness, intention into the actual salt, that's going into the water it's important because salt literally is a crystal and it can and will store vast amounts of information and it will transfer that information into the water and it can be it's very very cleansing it's a very powerful thing salt it's one of the reasons people that the term "worth your weight in salt you know not just gold <laughs> back in roman times salt was so powerful but not obviously not the poisonous salt that table salt is is but mineral salts but it also holds minerals and salt is like absorbs so much light and so the the marriage of salt and water is in fact incredibly important because salt is a shape shifter like water you know it can dissolve and you can't see it but all of a sudden oh there it is when the water's gone and water can disappear and then suddenly it's there as well so when you bathe in water, and that has salt in it, it is very clearing, it is very energizing, and it's very powerful. Much, I think, more than we've actually recognized. I think that, that the power of salt is completely and utterly um, been overlooked. I love that. So it's,
0: what I'm hearing you say is that, because w- what I tell people is, you know, it's it has, it does an almost an electrical cleansing effect because that's the way it feels for me but i love how you mentioned the marriage of the salt and the water and putting the intention to have that beautiful conversation with them not just to uh clear but also to nourish yourself energetically i absolutely love that okay i could talk with you for hours but i just want to ask um I guess one last question I want to ask is um, so
1: where's water taking
0: you? What's next for you?
1: <laughs> well, like you have mentioned, I, I, I finished my book, uh, The Secret Intelligence of Water, which shows like it's actually it's about 90% images. So it's super easy for people to look through. And it is really just displaying what water has shown me so far. But are some pretty big things on the horizon. I've um, actually I've got my own show coming up, which I'm going to start um, very soon uh, on Awake TV. They've given me my own my own show, which will run for three months. So once uh, once a week, I'll be doing a talk, and I'll be probably interviewing a few inspiring water type people, uh, and also sharing some of some more practical things, you know, to help people. Th- see what they can do what how they can do some of the work that i'm doing uh, i feel like there's a lot more coming i um water has a, a lot in mind i think for this because i don't think is doing this this work with me for no reason you know when you th- consider that w- water is life then water has, has something in mind I think that there's some pretty big stuff coming up and that none of this is a coincidence. You know, there was a lot, there was a period of time for me for the last couple of years where I was just a complete nerd, just doing all this stuff. No one had no idea what I was doing. You know, I was just going away. Like I've only just opened an Instagram account. I haven't even posted anything yet. I've only, only in the last, maybe nine weeks, has anyone in the world even known what I do? But so quickly I've been doing nearly a podcast nearly every day. I've just been given the opportunity to do this show. I'm doing a big event coming up in September, which I'm not allowed to talk about yet, but it's it's coming and as soon as I can I'll share it. And it's like the world is ready to have some new truths, to see the world in a new way, because we're coming into a new world. And I am, I just keep saying yes, because when you're doing something that's greater than you for a bigger purpose, you you have to show up. And so I keep doing that. I just keep saying yes and I keep staying humble and I keep taking any ego out of this from my part because I see that really water is doing all of this and I'm just grateful that I get to be part of it and that I get to be, you know, just able to, to share like I am because that's how it feels. I'm very uh, humbled in many ways that, that, that water is doing this with me. It feels like a great honor when you when you really know what, when you really feel what, you, what you're working with. It's extremely humbling, honestly. Yeah, well, thank you for doing all that you do. This has been
0: like discovering your work has been um, n- not just a confirmation, but also a mind opener for me to think about the relationship with not just my skin, but with everything in a new and exciting way. So thank you so much. And if anyone's interesting, I'm, I'm interested I'm going to include your website and your social media, Facebook, Instagram, as well as your book, The Secret Intelligence of Water. I've actually shared it. I set down my husband and my daughter. I went through the whole book with them. I sort of forcefully read the book to them. And I just want to share one more little thing before I finish up. Uh, You and I were um, sort of uh, exchanging emails to do this. And then you said yes, which was, I was like, yay, I'm so excited. And then that night I sat down to watch a movie with my husband, which was the Justice League, which is a superhero movie that features DC Comics characters. There's Wonder Woman, there's Batman. And in one of the scenes, Batman is actually asking Aquaman. um, And he asks, so how do you talk to the fish? And then Aquaman says the water does the talking and i was like yes <laughs> this is a good sign <laughs> thank you so 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 much this has been an absolute absolute uh pleasure to talk with you and i feel like with what you do and the way you look at it it's it's almost like the water crystals the hexagons is i know we touched upon the main branches but there are so many little branches that go off And I have so many more questions, but we have so much time. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate the work you do. And I'm sure our listeners are going to love this as well. Thank you, Ada. You're
1: welcome. Thank you so much.